During my time to preach, I would like to uh, tell you about the mission trip that the junior high took down to Nashville, Tennessee. Um, we decided to go to Nashville around the month of January to a mission organization called Infuge. Mission Fuge is a break off of an organization called Centrifuge. Anyways, we decided to do this around January, so we opened the trip up to around 20 junior hires. And before they could go, they realized there was going to be some requirements that they had to do uh, to get them prepared prior to the trip. So 20 of your kids signed up, and they were faithful to prepare Wednesday night meals, um, go through evangelism courses that taught them how to comfortably share uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ with uh, complete strangers, mission courses that took them through uh, a chapter of John Piper's Desiring God. They also physically participated in missions up here at the church, whether that was cleaning the junior high room or straightening up the sanctuary or, or cleaning the floors in the church, whatever Dale asked of us, basically. Uh, also, many and most of them worked extremely hard to raise most of their money for this mission trip, and some even went above and beyond that and raised hundreds of dollars extra, and when they found out that they, were go- they had all the extra money, uh, they decided to give that to other mission team members, uh, which was a very, very cool thing. These kids were prepared and ready to go to Infuge and participate in serving others, which as they know as one of their ways of worshiping their Lord, their God. Um, I thought I would share with you some of the mission opportunities that uh, your kids participated in while at Infuge. When they got to Nashville, they were able to pick one ministry tract that they could participate in all week long. And we encouraged them to pick something that would stretch them to uh, uh, an extremely uh, far level. Uh, We wanted to stretch them a lot. Anyways, they could pick tracks such as something called PCY, which is painting, construction, and yard work, um, which they roofed houses. Nathan Ludlow did that all week long, roofed houses. Uh, we could do children's ministry, which worked in things like vacation Bible school. And most of these ministries were with inner city kids, vacation Bible schools, which taught them how to do computer work and read and write and learn Bible stories and games and, uh, and, and crafts and stuff like that. They could pick the ministry tract of games and recreation, which they went down to inner city. Or there was one team that went out to a, a town similar to Germantown and uh, worked with kids out there. And they did games and recreation with them all week long. There was a creative ministry. I, th- I believe Bethany Stanfield was in the creative ministry. And that dealt with puppets and drama. And they're glad that I wasn't in creative ministry. Uh, they uh, did puppets and drama and things like that. And also social ministries, which work with mentally handicapped uh, men and women and or um, homeless people. They work at homeless shelters. And uh, our kids got to go and and talk to these people, and it was a a very great thing. And after they picked uh, their ministry track, that night we all received our assignments. And the way Infuge is set up, there were about 380 other kids from different churches all around there. We made up about 400 people total. Uh, they were from across the country. Our kids were going to be mixed in with everyone else and led by a group of uh, full-time college and seminary staffers that Infuge hired throughout the summer. Uh, and you're going to see them in the videos. If you wonder who those people are with their names on the screen, that's the full-time staff. We were the only pure junior high group that were there, which was pretty awesome for how, how your, your students did. So I'm sure that was a little nerve-wracking. Our kids might have been with one or two other people from their group from our Gracie Van group that they knew. And like six of them, they didn't know anybody from our group at Gracie Van. They were by themselves with a bunch of high schoolers. Anyways, well, 
the way the day went was this. We'd wake up, eat breakfast, go to a Bible study, and then meet for a breakout session. And that's where we would all go to our ministry tracks, and we would do the missions that you're all going to see in a second. Then we would get back, have free time, eat supper, and then go to worship. And then maybe have some uh, fun time with the whole camp, or we'd have church group devotions and stuff like that. It was a jam-packed day, and through this, I learned a lot. And the main things I learned was about your kids, whether you have a, a child in the youth group or whether you're just a covenant uh, family member of, of the body of Christ. Your kids, uh, I've learned a lot about them. A couple things I learned. They were extremely prepared for this trip. They're junior hires, and a lot of people don't have a lot of faith in junior hires. These kids were prepared. Uh, they understood doctrine. And I know maybe some of you might go, oh, big deal. Of course they understand doctrine. Well, if you had seen some of the other kids, you would know why that's a big deal. They understood doctrine. They understood what they believed and why they believed it, and that was huge. They were mature in the situations that they needed to be mature in, and they were immature in the situations that called for that. And that was great. I mean, that's one of the things that uh, that junior higher struggles with. I mean, you know, turning it on and off at certain situations. Uh, They broke down school barriers and grade barriers, which is awesome. I mean, that is a very cool thing. There was no ECS Briarcrest. It was one group, and they became friends, and that was cool. And most importantly, when they were on their ministry track, when they were on their specific mission field that they had to do, they went out there with a purpose. They went out there with a purpose, and that person was to share the good news of Jesus Christ with people, whether that be through word or whether that be through deed. And that was, that was really good to see. That is what other people from other churches said about our group. And that's what the leaders who went, the adult leaders who went, that's what we saw about your kids. They went with a purpose. And they knew what they were doing, and they went out, and they wanted to share Christ with other people, whoever that might be. They were fearless. Anyways, I'll, all that to say, I want to show a video of what we did. It's about 15 minutes, and if you all bear with us, I think you all will uh, enjoy it. Uh, it's a video that has your kids peppered all throughout it. Uh, it has a bunch of other kids that you're not going to know at all, but you're going to see Nathan Ludlow and Alyssa Harvey's and the Yance girls and 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 uh, Heather Weir and, and people like that through that. So y'all be looking for them. It's about 15 minutes. It's going to give you a little better idea of what we did. And then I'm going to get up and introduce the team and some of them have something to share. I think y'all can see that uh, we had we had a good time, and uh, and we did a lot of work as well, and uh, hopefully we glorified God in that work. Um, I apologize for the Viva La Mission song. <laughs> uh, anyways, we heard that every day, and it drove us crazy. But anyways, I want to introduce and bring up the mission teams, the mission team and their leaders uh, that, that went with us, and um, then some eighth graders and the leaders are going to share with you guys. Uh, what specifically they did and how the Lord used them and uh, taught them through this week. So anyways, Katie Yance, uh, y'all come on up and just whatever, and y'all can sit down. <laughs> Katie Yance, Kimber Yance, Megan Spore, Victoria Yancey, Heather Weir, Ryan Smith, Sarah Howard, Shelby Patterson, Lauren Bell, Adrian Vanderslice, Ashley Dixon, Bethany Stanfield, Alexis Suida, Alyssa Harvey, Gardner Mounts, Gavin Orth, Nathan Ludlow, 
Matt Hedgepeth and Mike Hedgepeth, then Elaine and Sue Katu, Crystal Sweeta, and Elizabeth Howard. So this is your mission team, and I want you guys to know again, they did an absolute uh, amazing job, and you guys need to be proud of them. So good job. Okay. The, the, the sixth and seventh graders can grab a seat, and the eighth graders and the leaders, y'all stay on up, and y'all come over here, and I want to give y'all this little bug, and um, y'all tell everybody <laughs> your name and what you did and this stuff. Just hold that to your mouth. <laughs> it's okay. Okay, um, I'm Victoria Yancey. Um, I worked in the Preston Taylor Ministries with children, and um, I, can't, I can't read that. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Um, on the mission trip, I assisted children in the Preston Taylor Ministries. Each day, we demonstrated God's love by loving and caring for the children. Um, we worked with VBS all week long, and um, I worked with the enrichment part of VBS. We planned games for the kids, and um, they came and played them in the afternoons. Oh. <laughs> Hi, I'm Lauren Bell. Um, I worked in the children's ministry in my group was at a trailer park all week, except for when we were lost. <coughs> and um, <laughs> and um, we broke up into different groups. Some people in our group did Bible study, some did crafts, some did games, and I worked with a song, so I was mostly with three-year-olds and the little kids. But I had a lot of fun singing with them and dancing and just, like, sidewalk games and stuff, so it was cool. <laughs> Hey, I'm Heather Weir. Um, I worked in the children's ministry, and pretty much what we did was we went to this um, neighborhood, which was probably around the financial equivalent to Germantown or maybe even better, which surprised me. But um, we pretty much went to this um, pastor who was starting up a new church. We went to his house, and we had a VBS in his backyard, and it was really cool, and we had a lot of fun. Hey, I'm uh, Gardner Mounts. Our group went to uh, the projects, and uh, we uh, there's a place called Project C, which is a uh, I forgot what it stood for, but um, what it does is it's like a daycare center for kids in the summer. And uh, me and Adrian, I don't think she's here. Uh, we uh, went to a classroom and tutored second graders in math and reading. And then after for about two hours of that, then we went out and did games and crafts and ate lunch. And uh, and then me and Atticus, another uh, guy. In my group, we um, we uh, taught a Bible lesson to a bunch of ninth and tenth uh, and eleventh graders, and uh, told them about God and stuff. And uh, and then we did some more games and then went home. And that's what we did. Um, I did children's ministry also with Victoria and Megan. Um, we were out in the projects and we helped kids read stories on the computer and <coughs> write paragraphs, like two sentence paragraphs. And uh, stuff like that. But, um, you know, they weren't that capable of stuff. They, I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> like, uh, 
I don't have a lot of patience. And um, <laughs> the uh, the kids down there, they, you know, that was a, they were a fun time. And some of the kids got beaten at home, and that was the place they knew they were safe. So they went there to have fun. You didn't want to flip out on them if they weren't, you know, doing what you told them to do. So you had to have patience and just go along with what they're doing wrong and, you know, just laugh about it. But, you know, that helped me out, and drip was great, so... Uh, Nathan Ludlow and um, I was the only one that did uh, PCY because um, I was just the only 15 year old so um, I was in a group with other like 17 and 18 year olds and all these other people and uh, all we did all we did that week was uh, roofing but if, if your parents were checking up on the uh, update things we got rained out one day and uh, we went to a nursing home and I tried to talk to these people but they just, yeah, they just looked at me and smiled, and you know, I couldn't. Play. <laughs> but, but anyway, it was a really good week, and uh, and I'm really glad I went. So, yeah. Hey, um, Matt Hedgefest. Um, I did games of rec, and I thought I'd be working with like a bunch of little kids, but um, me and Katie Yunts actually got put into a special group where we work with mentally disabled people. And so they had it set up like each kid got a one-on-one -on -one partner. So we'd spend time with that partner and talk with that partner, go bowling with them, swimming and stuff like that. And so we just had lots of fun. Hi, I'm Mike Hedgepeth. I did Games of Rec along with Matt, although it was in his group. And we did our stuff. We did our stuff with our group in a trailer. And we went to a kind of daycare and we played with the kids. We didn't really play that much outside. I was always in the gym, and they had swing sets there and playground, and it was, it was awesome hanging out with the kids, and there were a lot of older kids too, and I got to hang out with them a few times. They're really cool kids, and I had a great time. I'm Sue Katu. I was in the children's ministry. Um, I thought I was going there to work with kids, but I decided I was really going there to learn patience and tolerance. I spent most of two days driving around Lost in Nashville with Lauren Bell. Um, I just want to say how wonderful I thought your kids were. They were so mature for their age. My group was almost entirely graduating seniors from high school, and our kids knew the gospel, knew their Bible so much better than the rest of these kids did. It was really awesome the way the children's ministry and Will and Elaine have prepared them for this trip. It was awesome. Will talked about us. I'm Crystal Sweeta. Uh, Will was talking about us doing something to be stretched. And I thought, VBS, I love kids. And I thought, I'll do VBS even though that really, to me, wasn't stretching me. But I thought maybe because it's, you know, outside my boundaries work with people, I really don't know. So I went, and then I found out I was assigned to where Heather was to a really nice neighborhood. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'm thinking I was going to go to the ghetto or projects or something like that. And I'm in this nice neighborhood. But what stretched me is I'm so used to our church being with VBS. Everything's organized, planned out. They give you the stuff and you do it. We had to come up with it all and start from scratch ourselves. So that's what stretched me, learn to do that and working with all the kids. But like Sue was saying, all our kids here were, I mean, they acted like high school, if not college kids. They behaved well. They all got along well. They were so much fun. And they didn't teach me patience because <laughs> I'm as immature as they are, as you know. But they were just great. And Will was, can I tell, are you going to talk about what you had to do? 
what you got to do, or do you want me to? Well, Will learned it. He was stretched. You picked three choices, your top three choices of where you want to do. Children was his last. He got put with children. So, <laughs> And then he had one of the uh, truck leaders that was not as happy as all the other truck leaders either. So he was really, I think, stretched. But they did, uh, Will and Elaine did a wonderful, excellent job preparing all this. And also the, they gave the kids one last thing, a treat. We all got to go to Rainforest Cafe and were treated with a buffet of hamburgers, fries, pizza, all we could eat, drinks, and then they ended up with, oh, cookies, and then they ended up with a volcano, a big, huge dessert with a sparkler in it. The kids were like, it was birthdays for each one of them. They were so excited, and I want to thank you all for doing that for us, too. Cool. Yeah, I'm Elaine, and um, I did social ministry, and um, I guess also I want to say that the kids did a great job. They were very well prepared, not necessarily from what we did, but um, from what they did at home and outside work, which was really amazing. We had, you know, 25, I guess, people that went, and everybody was really well prepared. And when we were planning this trip, we were kind of um, had in mind that, you know, we just wanted something that was fun, but also that taught kids, I guess, that serving could be fun as well. And I know, like, senior how they go on overseas mission trips and stuff, and we wanted to give them something right down the road so that they could see that this is something that's in their backyard and that we can do here. And uh, we do have mission days all summer, and um, the kids are participating in that. It's been really neat to be able to come back home and, um, and to see them serve as well here and be just as enthusiastic about it as they were in Nashville. But um, I did social ministry, kind of like Will. It was last on my list, but... I knew we had told the kids to stretch themselves, and I thought I should probably do the same. So um, social ministry to me, um, it, was, it was pretty amazing. It was designed for um, that's who went into the nursing homes and homeless shelters, and um, we ended up the first day we went to the Feed the Children. Those were all the boxes you all saw. We moved over 2,000 boxes that day, and um, we packed and stored them and moved them and taped them and everything. And um, the other two days we went to a homeless shelter, and I guess that was really stretching for me. I've, I don't know, I was really scared of that. I wasn't sure what to t- talk to these men about. Um, we pretty much went in there, and these men were just sitting down eating lunch, and so we just had to sit down and say, can I sit here and just start talking to them. And, um, you know, I kept thinking, I don't have anything in common with these people. What do you talk about? And um, it was really amazing how God will give you the words to say, though, and, and find a common ground with them and really change my outlook on that. And they're not scary people. I mean, they're just like us. And it was it was really amazing to see how God stretched me in that when I didn't want to do it, even that day. I was in there, and I was like, you know, anything else I can do, that would be great. <laughs> so um, that was really neat. And um, also I got to play with some kids one day, which that was stretching as well. <laughs> That's it. I'm not used to these little things, but I'll have to get used to it. Anyways, that is our mission trip. That's our story, um, and we did have a really great time. If you guys don't mind tonight, uh, I would like to um, say a few things about service. And if you are wondering anything else about um, Infuge and what we did, uh, we got interviewed by the Commercial Appeal the other day, and it's going to be in the family section or the neighborhood, neighborhood section uh, in Cogerville, Germantown, on Thursday, July 24th. And I've had two witnesses in there. It's Brandon Addison, Elaine. We're in there. So if it says something like Will Savelle doesn't like homeless people, uh, <laughs> I didn't say it. Anyways, it's still going to look bad, but I didn't say it. Uh, so anyways, if you don't mind, uh, I know we're running out of time, but I would like to look at Scripture tonight. Uh, I think that, that's an important thing for us to do on Wednesday night. But um, guys, I want to tell you all a little something. I, I went camping this spring with my youth director when I was in, uh, and here's my youth director when I was in Jackson, Mississippi. 
He's been in the ministry for now for 13 years, and he's a man with a lot of knowledge, and it was an incredible weekend. The incredible part came through the conversations at night, though. Uh, we could uh, get back to the camp. We'd get back to the campsite around 3 o'clock every day, and we'd start talking and praying and confessing our sins and casting vision for our youth groups. We even got uh, away from the craziness of the world that we live in every day, and we just got to sit in silence and listen to our Maker. Uh, I remember one of those nights really well. The campfire was big, and Chris, the youth director I'm talking about, was uh, pacing back and forth with some frustrations in his own life. And through conversations that occurred, we began talking about dying to ourselves and the relationships with our wives and the relationships with the, the youth and us and, uh, and anyone else that we might encounter in life. I walked away from that conversation that night with the phrase, How are you dying? And ever since then, Chris and I email each other with that phrase and hold each other accountable to die to ourselves daily and serve those around us. And that phrase, how you dying, and, and not how you doing, but how you dying, is significant because we as sinful human beings have pride and self-centeredness, and we are usually in the attitude of not dying, but living for ourselves. But Christ has shown us that to live means to die, and to die means to live. And that sort of life is in honor and in glory. And hopefully we can see that through the Word of God tonight in our text. It's in John, found in the Gospel of John, chapter 12, 20 through 28. John, chapter 12, 20 through 28. It is said, Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the feast. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. And Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his, uh, hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my heart is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. It was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Let me pray. Father God, thank you so much, Lord, for this night. Thank you for um, your people surrounded in this room. Uh, Lord, we love you. I pray that you uh, bless this time with us and not, us, not let us concentrate on um, the hour that it is, or it, it might be running a little bit late, but help us concentrate on, on your word. And, and Lord, if I say anything that's unpleasing to you, uh, erase it from their hearts. But if it is your word, uh, if it is pleasing to you, please uh, let them remember it forever. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, when attempting to serve Christ... How easy is it to get caught up in the mindset of, hey, I need to do this and that because it is my duty. Or, hey, I need to do these things, I need to do these things to please God. And when dealing with the issue of service, which we're obviously dealing with tonight, it's really easy to get caught up in that mindset. Tonight, I want to present serving as not just things to do for other people, because service usually does come in the form of doing things, but not just that, I want to... Present it as a form of worship from our heart. Because that is always the issue. The heart and the motive always is the main issue of why we as believers do anything at all. So, looking at our text, the first thing from Christ's words I want you guys to see is that we are called to serve. 
We are called to serve. That's one of the, the, the coolest things about this text is that Jesus calls His disciples to serve. He calls them out on the carpet. And He goes on to say that the only way that you are going to ever truly serve is if you die. That's the only way you're truly ever going to serve is if you die. That's what that whole business about the kernel of wheat falling to the ground is all about. It has to die before it produces crops. Just like you have to die to yourself before you can be a true servant of Jesus Christ. When I was working at Camp Canacuck in the summers, and at the end of each session, there was this huge race. It was a huge pentathlon. And in that pentathlon, one of the events was paddling a canoe for about a mile. Uh, and people, the campers, were able to pick a partner to, to paddle with them. Um, most of the good, strong athletes uh, had already picked their partners. So all that were left were the ones that were great kids, but they were just kind of non-athletic. And, um, and they couldn't paddle a canoe very well. So all the counselors hid. They hid out. They didn't want to be picked by these kids to help them paddle this canoe. Paddling, paddling a canoe, as we all know, basically by yourself for a mile, is not the most fun thing in the world. But this one year, this boy found me. He was this real little skinny boy, and he looked like he'd never seen the sun before in his whole entire life. He was this pasty and, well, to make a long story short, we, we drug this canoe in this water. We drug it in the water, and we started paddling. And it's bad enough this boy couldn't even hardly lift his paddle in his arms, but he actually tried to help do this thing. So we were all over the lake. I mean, we were everywhere. I was just like, take the paddle out of the water, just sit there, get some sun or something. <laughs> Anyways, what I learned from that experience... <laughs> what I learned about this experience is paddling a canoe is hard work. <laughs> it's very hard work. And after you're done, after I was done, there were no pats on the back. The boy, he got to get out of the canoe, and he got to go up to the finish line and finish the race, and then everybody, oh, yeah, you're the man, little skinny, pasty man. You're the man, so good job for you. But for me, I got to sit on the docks just out of breath, and it was just hard work with no gratitude at all. Anyways... Here, uh, here's the reason I told you that story. I looked up the word servant that is in this text tonight. I looked up the word servant, and I looked it up in a Greek dictionary. And it gave me the word doulos. How many of you are familiar with the word doulos? Um, this means servant. A noun that describes this word, though, is galley slave. Galley slaves, as many of you know, were those people in those old boats who rowed and they rowed and they rowed. That was extremely hard work. And I guarantee you that those guys who rode and rode and rode never got any pats on the back for what they were doing either. You know, we have this girl in our youth group right now, she's in this room right now, that acts as a doulos or a galley slave every month. It's Alexa Suida. Um, she comes up here every month, and she does this chalkboard, this junior high chalkboard. And I've done it one time, and you get chalk all up in your mouth and your nose, and it's not a pleasant thing to do. And no one ever thanks her, and she doesn't expect it. No one ever thanks her, but it's hard work. And there's no pats on the back. That's the type of servant that we are called to be. We are called to be a doulos or a galley slave that must die to ourselves. Guys, that's hard work without any recognition at all. And the question is tonight, one of the questions is tonight, is your heart up for that task? Are you ready for that task? I hope so. Well, it ought to be enough that our Savior, guys, has called us to serve in and of itself. That ought to be enough. But to show you how great our Heavenly Father is, in verse 26, there is a promise that if we serve, then we will be honored. We will be honored if we serve Christ. 
Now, everyone knows the parable of the rich young ruler in Mark 10, 17 through 31. I'm going to turn over there, but you don't, you don't have to. Uh, the parable of the rich young ruler. A rich man came up to Jesus and asked him how to inherit eternal life. Jesus went down a list of commandments, and the man replied that he had done all those things. Then Jesus tells him to sell all this stuff and give all this stuff to the poor. And the man walked away sad because he was of great wealth. We've all read this parable, and it's been taught to us in ways like we all have idols in our life, or we all put other gods before us, and we need to get rid of those idols and other gods, and we need to serve and follow Christ wholeheartedly. We've all been taught that, and that's great. You can definitely get application from that lesson. But we need to finish the story. Look at uh, verse 28 through 31. I'll just read it to you. Um, Verses 28 through 31, it says this, Peter said to him, We have left everything for you, Jesus says. I tell you the truth. No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, home, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, and with them persecutions, and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. If you serve Christ and you have to give up something, then you will be blessed 100 times uh, over. That's great. That's, that's great. That shouldn't be our motive, but that's great. We have a gracious Heavenly Father. And so many times we think that because we serve Christ by serving others, we sacrifice. We sacrifice our time and our money and our um, energy and our material possessions and maybe even family. We sacrifice those things and we all worry about what we have to sacrifice. And Jesus is saying, service to me is not sacrifice. Service to me is not sacrifice. Nothing y'all do up here is sacrifice. Nothing you do at your home is sacrifice. We should never complain about serving our master. It should be our absolute joy. But God also promises us, if that's not enough, that we will be blessed 100 times over and that we will be honored. But as I said before, that should not be our motive. Our motive isn't to be physically blessed, as I'm assuming you guys know that. Our motive behind serving God is to glorify Him. Going back to our text tonight, in uh, verses 27 and 28, it says this, Now my heart is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify Your name. Father, glorify Your name. That should be our desire as well, to glorify His name and not our own. Last week, as you all saw, we went on that mission trip to Nashville, Tennessee. It lasted a week, and during that week, we got to do VBS and nail roofs and, and do games and rec and all the other stuff that you all got to see tonight. We got to do all that stuff, and that was great. It was a great week. Mission trips are great. The, the senior has on a Jamaican mission trip right at this moment, and that's wonderful. But these mission trips are designed to introduce to us and hopefully teach us to better serve in our daily lives, in everything that we do. That's what these things are for. And I just hope that a weekend at SOS or Jamaica or Nashville or Guatemala or anything else we do, just serving here up at the church, doesn't become self-righteous service. And I'm going to explain that a little bit more. Maybe after these six illustrations, maybe you can see and maybe you can uh, examine your own heart to see whether the service that you are doing for your family and for each other and for other people is righteous service or self-righteous service. 
one, self-righteous service, is always impressed with the big deal? Do we only enjoy serving when it's something like a mission trip or when it's SOS or building a house or another big deal like that? Or does it matter to us? Are the small acts of service like doing a junior high chalkboard just as important as the big deal? The real servant welcomes all opportunities to serve. Number two, self-righteous service requires external reward, external re- rewards. This type of servant needs to know people are watching and are searching for human approval. The true servants don't seek that sort of praise or attention. Number three, self-righteous service is very concerned about results. These people are trying to obtain some goal or hit some big number. You've all been part of it, I know. I have too. These uh, true service takes delight in just serving God to glorify His name. Four, self-righteous service picks and chooses whom to serve. It's real easy to go to Nashville and Jamaica and serve the really poor and the really needy. A real servant, as said in the Gospel of Mark, is a servant to all. There are just as many people in Germantown and in Kyrville and in your house and uh, at your schools and at your work. There are just as many people as needy that are as needy as the ones in Nashville and Jamaica. Number five, self-righteous service is affected by moods and by whims. This is where emotion comes into play. True service does not get spurred along by emotion. True service continues whatever mood you're in. Del Lively, he has a gift of service. He has a servant's heart. And it doesn't matter what mood he's in, he's going to serve you. And y'all know that because y'all know Del. Number six, self-righteous service is temporary. Self-righteous service might only last a week. For the ones in Jamaica that's going to come back uh, on a spiritual mountaintop and for the junior hires who are just giddy because they went to a week-long mission trip and, and the SOS people who are going to come back feeling like their emotions are just kicking in, true service continues. It continues. Uh, it continues around your house. It continue, it's, your, it's how you treat your spouse. It's how you treat your coworkers. It's how you treat the people at your school. True Service continues. It's a lifestyle. It's your heart. Jesus calls us out to be true servants of Him with a command to die. We have a command to die. Die to ourselves. He tells us to be a doulos and die so that we may glorify our Father's name. If you do that, then that is righteous service. It's not self-righteous if you die to yourself. It's righteous service because the Lord is working through you. Guys, in close. In closing. This service business is not about a checklist of do's and don'ts in this world. It's not a checklist. Right, y'all, what can I do to serve so-and-so today? No, it's not about that. It's your heart and it's your attitude. In Philippians 2.5, a very familiar verse to us all, says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. See, He took the very nature of a servant and He became obedient to, a death, uh, obedient to death, even death on a cross. And because of that, He was honored and He was rewarded. In uh, verses 9 through 11, it says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So taking from the example of Jesus Christ and his great work on the cross, 
we know that we must serve by dying to ourselves and therefore we really live in honor. Jesus Christ, He, he became a servant. He died and He was exalted. We know that we have to take on the attitude of a servant and die. Then we will be honored as well. So guys, as we leave tonight, I want you guys to ask yourself this question. Everyone needs to ask themselves this question. How are you dying? Are you dying every day? Or is it just a mission trip? Or is it just SOS? Or is it just spring cleanup at the church? Or, or packing Christmas boxes? Are you dying to your spouses every day? Are you dying to your children? Are you dying to your parents? Are you dying to your friends at school? Your neighbors? Anyone else that you come in contact with? Are you dying to yourselves? How are you dying? Let's pray. Father God, um, I praise your name. Lord, you are a great and merciful God. And you have given us the greatest example of all how to be a true servant. True servant to you. Um, Lord, I, I pray that um, everyone in this room tonight uh, understands this concept of, of genuine uh, righteous service, Lord, and that it will carry on in their lives. I, I pray that you convict um, and exhort everyone out here by uh, touching their heart and letting them see the, the need to serve. Lord, we love you and thank you for giving us this joy that we have to serve you because you send your sons down the cross for our sins. Lord, we love you and we, we praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys, and y'all have a great rest of the evening.